Did you listen to last week's show with Ashley? Yes, I enjoyed that one. Oh, she was funny. Yeah, I enjoyed your outtakes at the end. I was laughing out loud. She was hysterically funny. So, actually, I'm really pleased that she's going to be a regular on the show. Oh, that's cool. From now on, for for the <laughs> next three months anyway, because she she's just hysterically funny. <laughs> and it's nice to talk about something different as well. You know, with what with you talking about illustration and then her. I mean, nobody would know if you didn't know who she was listening to last week's show that she runs an insurance business. Yeah, I was just looking and I saw insurance or something. Mm. What kind of insurance? Um, house insurance, kind of landlord, tenant insurance, commercial, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. But she took over her late father's business and, uh, you know, you wouldn't know if you just listened to the show that that's what, that's what she did. Huh. So I, I just, it's fun talking about photography for a bit. Yeah, I wish I was more into photography. I've... Do you not take many photos? Uh, I do, actually. Actually, it's really funny. My wife and I, when we're out and about, especially with other people, people laugh at us because we're the iPhone. We're the people that every two seconds are taking photos with their iPhones. <laughs> and my wife, she's getting up close to leaves, doing that whole thing, and, you know, and taking photos of the food and things like that. And so, um, yeah, we're a bit like iPhone photographers, I suppose. Well, I mean, it's just a camera like any other these days, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I barely pull out my DSLR anymore. At least you're not taking photos with an iPad. I still, <laughs> still can't get used to seeing people do that. It's like holding up, a, holding up a tea tray. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if I've ever used my camera on my iPad. Other than my front face camera for Skype, I don't think I've ever actually used the camera. I didn't have one on the first iPad, so I kind of never got used to using an iPad camera. No, I don't yeah. think I've ever used mine, to be honest. Welcome back, Mr. Cleland. All right, it's good to be back. Hey, uh, one question to ask you. What's happening with the manatees? Ah, uh, no updates. Nothing? No update. No, no, we haven't talked. Huh, that's a shame. Yeah. I was going to come up with all kinds of clever puns for manatees. Oh, I was going to go, I was going to, things like Bonfire of the Manatees. Remember that book? <laughs> no. Oh, man, all that wit wasted. That was just a couple emails back and forth with them. So maybe later, maybe sometime in the future. We'll, I don't know if he listens to this or not. Um, maybe. I don't know. Well, he needs to. He needs to, he needs to get on with the Manatee Project. Yes, so I'm sure there are lots does. of people just hanging out to see what the manatees are. <laughs> <laughs> I've never drawn like. a manatee, actually. I'm, Looking forward to it. What else have you been up to? Ah, let's see. Lots of illustration projects. Working on my first actual iPhone game, which is insanely fun. How did that come about? Uh, a guy, actually, a, a guy from Israel contacted me. Uh, just a developer. He's working on his own project and contacted me. And I'm, and uh, we're working together on it. So, yeah, it's been really fun. Can't wait till it's released. So, what's the difference between doing that and doing like a regular illustration project, like a web illustration? Are you supplying something different, or? Well, some of the similarities are that you have to kind of look at it as in layers. At least with the stuff that I do with you, um, you know, you kind of look at it as as far as like layers and background and foreground, but. You got to take that to the extreme, you know, like, you know, if you're creating a character, like the arm, you know, basically for animation, you just got to really take those considerations into play. And also um, the screen dimensions, figuring out where things go on the screen in terms of pixels and things have to be, if you're looking into pixels, they, I didn't know this before, but they have to be in round numbers. Or like even numbers. Yeah, even numbers. Yeah, they have to be, um, not, I guess not round numbers, even numbers. Um, yeah, because of the retina screen or something like that, which I never knew. Oh, see, I don't do any iOS, native iOS work at all, so no, I never knew about that either. Yeah, yeah, and so like really having to be very pixel precise and working with a pixel grid and pulling my hair out with Illustrator because sometimes it can be a pain <laughs> with that, but... So are you still supplying PNGs, or are they? Are, are you doing vectors, or, or what? Yeah, I'm kind of supplying PNGs. I'm still in the creation process, so I've handed over a couple things, but 
we're still working on, you know, what works best as far as color wise and things like that. We still have some testing to do as far as there's some weird color issues with profiles and things like that. But yeah, but it's been really fun, you know. Is it an app or a game or it's a game. It? It's an iPhone game. So I don't know if I should explain what it actually does. No, yet. you I, can. Well, you can, but you can wait until it's out, and then we'll all buy oh, it. Oh yeah, I'll plug it when it's out. <laughs> I mean, I didn't sign any NDAs or anything like that, but just out of respect, I yeah. Kinda be. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and then working on some poster illustrations and things like that, and a lot of clients overseas, which is really interesting, which is really fun, actually. Well, I <laughs> we just signed a new client this week. It's a it's a local local client. It's not a not a big job, but be a nice nice one to do. And it's actually for a corporate solicitor or corporate lawyer. Huh. And it's this guy that's basically you know he's leaving a big practice and setting up as his own, and he wants to do things in a very kind of you know modern webby way. Right. Um, so you know, so he doesn't just want your typical kind of ah, uh, you know, you can imagine the navigation bar on a solicitor's website. You know, about us services with a drop down and all the stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. Just doesn't doesn't stand. want any of that. He wants something that's you know really you know really good. So, of course, we get to the point, you know, we're starting to, to talk about price and, you know, I give him an estimate and, and that's all okay. Um, and he sends me an email back to say, you know, that's great. Let's, let's go ahead. What do we do next? And I'm thinking, of course, the next thing I need to do is to send you a contract. But you're a solicitor. <laughs> <laughs> you're a lawyer. So I'm going to send you my contract killer. I thought this is going to be interesting. Yeah. So uh, I don't know whether we talk about this now. We talk about this in, in in a later show. But he's had all kinds of input into the contract killer, which has been quite interesting. <laughs> he sent me back a version with some kind of revisions, and a lot of it was. I mean, we'll talk about a little bit about it now. But a lot of it was just tightening up some of the language. Yeah. Um, so when, for example, in one paragraph, I said that you will guarantee you'll send us everything that we need to complete the job. He's like underlining the word everything, going, that's too vague. You can't say everything. <laughs> you know, you need to be specific or more specific about the yeah. stuff. So that was quite fun. I'm looking forward to getting my teeth into that one. Yeah, I, I think I had a lawyer contact me once. And I was, I can't remember whatever happened, happened of it. I mean, we never worked together, but I was a little, it's like, man, what do I do when I send him my if it gets to the point where I send him my contract, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, he's a cool guy, this guy. So I think that actually I might try and persuade him to come on the show at some point and cool. we can talk about Maybe do like a Q&A thing, like a kind yeah. of a, a legal lawyer Q&A thing. Yeah, right. That could be quite cool. <clears throat> if you wonder why, if you can hear me slurping, it's not because I'm eating licorice again today. I'm actually <laughs> I'm sucking on throat sweets. Because uh, we'll keep we'll keep the podcast going as long as my voice will hold out today. Sounds good. Well, what if that's <laughs> like three hours? Yeah. Well, well, we we won't go that far. I'm not going <laughs> to go for the world record. So, so about an hour or an hour or less today. Yeah, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it almost gave out on me yesterday morning. I was down. Um, I was staying down, working with a client down south. Staying in, you know, a little kind of motel. And I woke up yesterday morning and, you know, I'm on my own. So I don't speak to anybody. And, you know, it's a fairly anonymous, you know, travel lodge, motel, premier in thing. So, you know, I don't see anybody on the way out. I just go and give my little key card, put it in the box on the way out, get in the car. I've not spoken to anybody. Yeah. Got a bit of a sore throat, but, you know, didn't think too much of it. And you know what those places are like? Even when the air conditioning's not on and really cold it's still on it still kind of dries the air out right so i get in the car and i kind of just mumble hello to the car which is my you know superstitious thing that i do <laughs> do you pat the dashboard exactly i pat the dashboard as i say you know morning henry yeah. because you know <laughs> he's about to take me on a journey and i think well i need some breakfast and there's a mcdonald's right next door to the place where i'm staying so i thought okay this is just easy you know, I know it's not exactly Mr. Healthy, but, you know, I'll just go and get a, a, a breakfast muffin or something. I'll, I'm even lazier. I'll do drive-through. Can't even use the calories to walk to the counter. 
So anyway, so I rolled down the window when you get to the, you know, the ordering station and opened my mouth and no words came out. <laughs> I, like, I think I saw you tweet about that. Mm, like I opened my like, mouth to order. And... Up, up, up. <laughs> uh, what am I going to do? Anyway, I managed to croak out that I was going to have <laughs> sausage and egg muffin and a hash brown and uh, and some liquid. And that, ah, oh dear, blimey. The and thing voice, was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thing was, was that I, was, I mean, I was speaking at an event last night. It's like uh, it's called Milton Keynes Geek Night. Have you heard of Milton Keynes? Uh, I might have heard of the name, but no. yeah, it's a small, well, a medium-sized town. Um, I don't know. It's about half an hour north of London, something like that. Okay. So it's it's you know it's an hour's drive away from where I was staying with a client. So um, I thought, oh my god, what am I going to do? You know, I've got to speak this evening. I've got no voice. So I spent the day sucking on strepsils. <laughs> Do you have those? Strepsils. Strepsils. I've got yeah, I've got them here somewhere. Are those cough drops? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but they have like a um like a local anesthetic in them. They okay. you can feel your throat and your tongue going a bit numb. <laughs> which kind of got me through the day. Except that it says on the packet don't exceed more than 12 in a 24-hour period. And you probably ate the whole bag, right? Well, I'm thinking, yeah, well, there's, there was 16 in the box, and I think yes. I've got, like, two left. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, you can't overdose on cough, drop, cough drops. What, you know, what's, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, if they put 12, they're, they're, they really mean, like, 48. Well, I, that, you'd think there'd be some kind of margin for error. Anyway, right. apparently, yeah, people on Twitter told me that the, the thing that might go wrong might be diarrhea, which... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> Thankfully, didn't happen yet. I'm sure. No, no. Well, I've not been sucking on them too much today. Okay. But anyway, I, I did. I did manage to, you know, to get through the talk, which is quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good that it didn't happen on stage. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that happen before. But um, yeah, so it's fun. I did a talk called "Take Your Stinking Paws Off My Design, You Damn Dirty Developer." Was the title of the talk. And so I used, I used, I, I ignored our contract and I used the artwork on the slides. So, you know. <laughs> well, sure. I've, I've seen pictures of you doing that. So yeah, no, I think it's kind me. of fun. Yeah, I will. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> now you see, now that I've got another one, now that I have mine. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lawyer up. Exactly. Our next podcast will be about us against each other. <laughs> so no, it was, it was fun. It was a, it was a nice kind of typography talk that I did. Um, it was actually a really nice event because they have two main speakers and uh, then they have three five-minute spots and then they have a sort of a, like a, anybody can get up and do a one minute. If you've got something to say, you know, if your company's hiring or, you know, you need to find a developer to work on something with you, then, you know, you've got a minute to basically stand up in front of the crowd and say, you know, come and, come and contact me, which is a really good format. Huh, that's cool. The two main speakers, they have one on at the beginning. So this was, uh, this time it was Relly Annette Baker, the content strategist. So she was on first and then I was on last. Um, and the talks are supposed to be, the, the main talks are supposed to be 20 minutes. So I had a bit of a shock actually because I'd written this talk and I've, I've done it once before and it takes, it takes about an hour. So I'd, I'd, sat down the other night and I'd kind of just thought, well, I can't edit the whole thing down into just 20 minutes. I will pick one topic and just talk about that, which happened to be typography. Okay. Just to kind of make it fit. Anyway, I did run over it, ran over to about half an hour. But anyway, funny thing was really bless her, who was, did a brilliant talk by her. She did exactly the same thing. She'd got her <laughs> main slide deck, which was like an hour's worth of material. And then she'd got she'd cut another keynote deck with a twenty minute edit from it, right? But she didn't realise until she started to speak. But she'd loaded the wrong slide deck. She'd loaded <laughs> no. she'd loaded the hour slide deck, not the twenty minute <laughs> version. And so then, what what are you going to do in that situation? You know, she carried and, on, yeah, and carried on. Did she do the entire thing? She did the whole thing. Her 20 minutes was an hour. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, oh dear, it was really funny. It was a really good talk. I'm actually really glad that she did the hour rather than, you know, rather than me see the shortened version. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, it was so funny. She got off stage and she's like, that's a lesson to learn, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Load the right slide deck. Short version, long version, like oh, big caps and the file name or something. Well, yeah, because on mine, I'd got the title of the, the slide deck and I just got the word edit in brackets after it in the file name. Yeah. So, of course, sometimes you only see the beginning of the file name depending right. on the view. Yeah, and that's put in what, the, yeah. That's what she'd done. So, oh, it's funny. Really funny. <laughs> so no one knew while she was talking? No, no, she just carried so, on. So an hour later, she's like, okay, just to let everyone know, I <laughs> accidentally did my whole talk. <laughs> No, she didn't say anything to the group. She didn't say anything to the audience. Huh. She just carried on, which was really, it was really funny. So it was a good night. And they have a pizza sponsor. So somebody, uh, I forget who it was now. Oh, no, the, it was the WebIs conference that I want to talk about in a minute. Sponsored pizza. So at kind of 10 o'clock at night, quarter past 10 at night, just as I'd finished, guy arrived with like 20 pizzas. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. And there was, like, there was like, you know, there was a um, a drink sponsor. So I, I was medicating my my throat with with strepsils and beer. <laughs> with beer. Well, I've never done a talk ever, because I've never done a talk that late as well. I'm normally tucked up in bed by half past nine, watching Downton Abbey, as you might imagine. <laughs> I'd actually watch it on repeat. I, I watched Downton Abbey and I'm not caught up. <laughs> I've never seen a single episode. <laughs> So, no, I, I, this is the first time that I've ever done a talk after drinking three pints of Boddington's. That was a first for me. And how was it? It was actually very nice, even though it was canned. You know, I'm not a great yeah. fan of canned beer, but, you know, it was okay. Okay. It, and and the talk went well with the beer? Yeah, the talk went very well with the beer. So, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And it, I've, I've watched that event kind of grow over the years, and I've always wanted to kind of get down there at some point. So it was really nice to do it. And then next week, this, I tell you what, this throat better get better because um, I'm speaking at Smashing Conference in Oxford again uh, next week, which is a really big do. And then I'm doing a full day CSS workshop. So um, I'm going to, we're going to go down and see Alex this weekend down in Leicester. And I'm just going to have to like stay stum. I'm just going to yeah. have to keep as quiet as I can, rest my voice as much as I can. <laughs> no singing along to Bruce Springsteen in the car on the way down. Yeah. I'm not going to manage Born to Run. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do that thing where, you know, working from home, it's it's like two in the afternoon and you realize you haven't used your voice yet. <laughs> <laughs> Other than telling the dog to shut up or something. <laughs> and, you, and a client calls and you pick up the phone and you're like, Ugh! you just totally, yeah, it's... Well, it's not just the voice, it's, it's everything. It's getting up and moving. Oh, I tell you, we should talk about this in a minute because I know we're going to kind of talk about work-life balance and health and stuff. Yeah, all that jazz. In a bit. But before we do that, I just want to kind of get one thing out of the way. Speaking of conferences, I just want to give everybody an update about uh, the Web Is, the conference that I mentioned last week. Something really interesting has happened with that in the week since we talked about it. Craig Lockwood, who's the uh, the organiser for this conference, he's putting on an amazing show. He's even got Steve Wozniak oh, wow. coming to speak, which is just brilliant. Anyway, he published a blog post this week, which, you know, you have to kind of do a double take. And he said, thanks to our wonderful sponsors covering more costs than I had originally planned, I'm now able to do something which makes me insanely happy. I still haven't covered all the costs, but I'm able to pass on a reduction in outgoings to the community. So we've already started processing refunds to those who've already bought tickets. So basically, he dropped the ticket price by about 50 quid or more. Wow. And everybody that's uh, already bought a ticket, which is about 800 people, he's giving them a refund. So he says, here, expect a lump sum back into your bank account within the next seven days. Huh. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, you know, huh. he didn't need to do that. You know, he could have kept the money for himself. I mean, nobody knows. You know, the ticket price on it before was really good. It was really fair. Yeah. So he could have, you know, he could have kept the money, put it towards a future event, done something with it. But no, he chose to uh, 
Well, that's really it cool. Back, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, really Very cool. Very nice. So that's a really good reason to go. And my former co-host, and I hope future guest on the show, Anna Debenham, she is going to be speaking there as well. Oh, nice. She's coming out of her um, speaker retirement, and uh, she's going to be talking at uh, at the WebIS, which that's another reason to go. So that's going to be really good. Tickets are they're still on sale. There's still plenty of tickets available because it's a big venue. They've sold a lot, but, you know, there's plenty of space. So you can go to unfinished.bz slash the web is to get a ticket. And if you use the offer code unfinished, you'll get 10% off those prices too. Do you know what? I'd feel, with the fact that he's kind of reduced the ticket price and he's giving people refunds, I'd feel, actually feel guilty using the offer code. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do, because then he'll know that, you know, you learned about it through the show. But um, he didn't need to do that. It's brilliant. Yeah, that is very nice. No, really good. So we should do a sponsor before we get into our topic, I think, today. Proper sponsor. Not that that was a proper sponsor. Our first sponsor this week, it's Shopify. So I don't know whether you know, but one of the reasons why my company, Stuff and Nonsense, became well-known back in the day, was that we designed and we developed an e-commerce site for Disney Store UK. This was back in 2005, 2006. Did you know that? I think I've heard you talk about it. Yeah, it was, yeah. seems like a long time ago now, but it was the first large-scale e-commerce site that used CSS for layout. Um, huh. Lots of people have been doing uh, CSS layouts for... Um, you know, lots of other things. I mean, we'd had some of the big ones, you know, ESPN and, you know, it, it was pretty, it was getting to be pretty standard that people use CSS rather than tables for layout, but nobody had really done anything with e-commerce at that point. Hmm. So the, so e-commerce was still all kind of table-based and stuff. Yeah. And we developed this site and it got quite, well, it got very widely talked about. Jeffrey Zeldman, he wrote about it in uh, the second edition of Designing with Web Standards, which made me, man, I was so proud. So proud of that. Nice. And we worked on a lot of e-commerce projects back then, and we even developed our own standards-based e-commerce platform. But to be honest, I just never really enjoyed e-commerce work. Not as much as I enjoyed other projects. So I sold that company. I got out of it. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, sold the e-commerce business. And I said to myself, I'm never going to work on another e-commerce site ever again. That's my little promise. And I stuck to it. I stuck to it until Shopify actually tempted me back because Shopify is the e-commerce platform that many people who I know and respect all use. So they include Eight Faces, a book apart, Publishers of those essential books for people who make websites. Uh, Hardgraft, they make my favorite cases and sleeves for Macs and iPads and phones and things like that. Uh, United Pixel Workers, they use Shopify. And so does my publisher for Hardboard Web Design, Five Simple Steps. So you look at those sites and you just never guess that they're all built using Shopify. In fact, Five Simple Steps recently relaunched their site and it's not only Really wonderful piece of design work. Actually, take a look. It's really, I really love how they've designed the new product pages. But it's also just a wonderful example of what's possible using Shopify. So if those guys put their trust in Shopify, then you know, I'm going to do the same. Shopify is more than an e-commerce platform. They've got a partner program that helps you make more from your business making e-commerce websites. The partner program, that's your gateway to designing and building sites for clients with Shopify. When you join the free partner program, you're going to get access to all their learning resources. That's documentation, video tutorials. They even run workshops. They were announcing one at Milton Keynes the other day. Um, They're going to start doing more kind of free Shopify workshops, which is great. And while you're in there, you can learn while you make any number of fully featured and non-time-limited development stores that are available via your partner dashboard. And you can even create a Shopify theme for a client, or you can build your own theme and sell it in a Shopify theme store. Plus, through the partner program, you'll earn a 20% revenue share for every store that you bring to Shopify. So Shopify is now the e-commerce platform that I'm recommending to all my clients. You should join the partner program too, because it's free. And to join, go to unfinished.bz slash Shopify 
and then they'll know that you heard about them here on Unfinished Business. Cool. Nice. So have you been feeling a bit strung out then recently? I suppose I have. That would probably be a good way to put it. What's been going on? Well, um, well, it's all good stuff. Just mainly just, you know, just lots of different projects. I don't know, I've just been kind of thinking a lot about how to, especially with working from home, how to really balance that kind of work life. You know, basically keep that balance, right? I was talking last week with Ashley. She moved into a co-working space. Heard that. It kind of made me think about this just hearing you guys talk about it. Oh, I'll tell you what. I forgot to mention. I don't know whether you realize this is episode 60. Really? 660. I know. Amazing. Wow. It would have been last week with Ashley, but I missed a week when I was on holiday. Well, I guess I'm honored to be 60. Yeah. You're on the 60, exactly. So, yes, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it's not just the whole working from home thing, because I think that does add an extra dimension to it. Um, I mean, I'm sure everybody gets stressed with work, but I know that when you work on it, everybody used to say to me, oh, I don't know how you can work from home, because, you know, if I did that, I'd never get anything done, you know, because <laughs> I would be watching, you know, daytime TV or, you know, polishing my gardening tools or something, <laughs> but, you know. Anything but sit down doing and do any work. Yeah. Exactly. I never had that problem because my problem was that I couldn't bloody well leave the thing alone. You know, I'd be working when everybody else had, you know, was sitting there eating turkey on Christmas Day. <laughs> so it does it does add an extra dimension to it. But I just think it's it's so hard when you work for yourself to to know when to kind of draw the line. When when to think it's okay that you can actually just stop. Right. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I've been working home from home for almost five and a half years from now, or five and a half years now. And I think the biggest thing that's helped me is just keeping the regular nine to five hours. Just because I'm, you know, so come five o'clock, I mean, I'll usually work to about six, six thirty sometimes. Um, but I don't feel guilty if it's after five or five thirty, just dropping it. Um, unless, you know, something came up during the day that I had to, you know, something personal, and then I had to kind of make up that time. But that's kind of, that's, that's how I really approach it. But, but lately I've been really thinking about it and, you know, thinking about possibly kind of breaking that nine to five routine and maybe like just modifying it somehow. Maybe, you know, I was talking to my wife the other day, like, um, yeah, I can't remember where, but I read some article somewhere recently about how, you know, talking about highly effective creative people and how one of the things they do is they work when they work, right? They work when it's effective for them. I mean, some people will get up at like three in the morning and work. You know, I had a creative director I used to work with once. It, he'd work at three in the morning just because there's nothing, no distractions, nothing. It was quiet outside. And not that I'm going to do that, but playing around with different schedules, like maybe working an hour or two around nine or ten at night, you know, when it's quiet. I don't know. And I haven't really figured that out, but. I think it depends on what you're doing because a lot of what i do um involves you know what's well, so, you know, half of what i do involves kind of creative thinking right and you know maybe the other half of what i do just involves kind of you know implementing stuff you know just sitting there getting stuff done yeah you know whether it's whether it's kind of business related stuff whether it's emails or you know contracts or you know whatever or it's actually just sort of sitting there thinking, right, okay, I know what this thing's going to look like, but I actually have to code up 20 templates. <laughs> and I could probably do that. I can probably do that any time. Um, but the stuff where I really want to sit um, and think about something and sketch things and, you know, probably do more of the creative stuff, that's when I used to work late. I used to do that when everybody else had gone to bed. Yeah, and it seems like that's a... A common theme I'm noticing, like the really creative stuff, it's either late at night or early in the morning, which is really weird. I mean, just talking about that, you know, the e-commerce business that we had, um, 
you know, that was the only time in what is going to be, what well, maybe is 16 years of, of doing this business, uh, where we actually had an office that wasn't at home. Uh, because, you know, we got stuff and, you know, there was equipment and, you know, we, it was a proper business. So, yeah. so we thought, so, you know, we had an office to go to and it was in a different town. It was like a 20 minute drive away. And although I'd kind of set things up or I tried to set things up how I liked it in the office, I kind of switched between you know having an office of my own or a room of my own and then having a room with other people because i you know i needed to keep an eye on what people were doing or you know they needed mm-hmm. to, i don't want to feel involved yeah you, know, you got you got a, a staff of people you don't want to be the guy that just sits in his in, in his room all the time yeah but i found ultimately that you know i'd go into the office i was never there early pissed off my business partner <laughs> <laughs> but you know i'd do a full day's work and then I would come home, and if there was kind of design work to do, I would sit and do it in the evening. I mean, it'd be, be crazy. I was, like, doing double shifts. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose the reason why I, you know, that was wrong, it would have been okay for me to work at 10 o'clock at night or, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, but not have to feel that I had to get up and be in the office for 9 o'clock the following day, which is kind of the pressure, really. Yeah, because you put in that time the night before. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've got no... I, I like the idea of doing a co-working space thing. I don't think there's any opportunity for it around here, but I'd like to do something like Ashley does. But I wouldn't want to do it in the way that it was when you know we had an office before, because I think that was really detrimental to... You know, to the work that I was doing, for one. Yeah, right. I must, I must state of mind. You know, actually feeling that you have to go to work and feeling that you have to do things <laughs> at a certain time. Yeah, yeah, and I still have that mindset even now. I mean, it's like if it's after nine in the morning or before five, it's like you know, you feel guilty for not for for doing anything else other than work, which I suppose isn't. It's just a good thing, you know, keep keep you productive but but yeah i find kind of the same thing where i i like to do like the email stuff um all the businessy stuff during business hours right the quote-unquote business hours you know i mean sometimes i think i sent a contract out on sunday the other day but yeah it's it's funny because sue our designer she's she's really good right from the right from day one you know she turns up at nine o'clock in the morning (laughs) Now, he just, she doesn't always leave at 5.30. You know, sometimes it's a little bit later because we're finishing stuff off. But, you know, that's that's a normal time. Um, so she's very good at that. And, you know, generally speaking, um, you know, the first hour of every day is, is you know, we're still waking up. You know, nobody does any, nobody does anything before 10 o'clock, really, do they? <laughs> you know, you're kind of right. buggering about checking Twitter, you know, look, <laughs> looking at, you know, Doctor Who videos or something. <laughs> Pouring down that... Eat a cup of coffee, trying to yeah. <laughs> trying to wake up, right? But even so, it's like ah, oh, I need to I need to start doing work now. And it's the funny thing is, is that it should be okay that you know when the work day is over, that you think to yourself, Do you know what? No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna shut the door and I'm not gonna think about work. I'm not gonna take my iPad with me just in case anybody emails. Yeah, you know it's okay, right? Why do we feel guilty? Because right, uh, sometimes I might not have anything that I really need to do. So, you know, I, I should be able to, you know, just maybe sit there and, and, and watch Rambo movies back to back, right? <laughs> but I'd feel really guilty doing that. But I shouldn't because, you know, I, I own the place. So I should be able to watch Rambo movies if I want. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, and and like I always think about this around the holidays too, around any holiday. You know, you always hear, see a tweet from some illustrator or designer or something like, or some freelancer basically saying, oh, it's such and such holiday, which means just another day for me or something like that. And, you know, sometimes, like, especially for the major holidays, you know, I actually take off. I make sure, you know, I won't work on Christmas. I won't work on Thanksgiving, you know, here in the States. I won't work on, you know, there's even like 4th of July or any, that's any major holiday. Yeah, I make sure I take those off, you know, especially for my wife's sake, you know, just so we can have some, make sure that we have time together and, you know, but then I see tweets about how other 
freelancers or working through those holidays. And a part of me feels guilty for not, you know, like, is there something wrong with me for not wanting to work during those holidays? <laughs> you know, I, you know, that I can't, I, I can't stay away from the computer on Christmas because, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've gotten inquiries on Christmas day, which is kind of weird. Yeah, somebody's always working. Yeah. But I, I just I just think that I'm trying to get over the guilt thing. You know, when right, I'm not yeah. working, Definitely. when I'm not working, I shouldn't feel like I'm, you know, leaving it behind. And I shouldn't feel guilty about, you know, for, when we started doing our weekly working routine, and there's no great science behind it, but, you know, one of the benefits was that we started getting weekends back. Because, you know, we finish on a Friday. We'll have done all the work, hopefully, that the client had paid for. And, you know, come five, six o'clock on a Friday, this is before we did the podcast, you know, boom, you can close the door and that's it. And you can, we got our weekends back for the first time. Whereas before I used to feel guilty about every bit of time. And I used to think, oh, I need, I'm going to work over the weekend because, you know, I need to get it finished. I need to get it finished because, you know, I had this kind of constant, I don't know, panic almost that, you know, I needed to keep working because if I didn't, then... <laughs> something was going to happen. Yeah. We, you know, we'd starve or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's kind of this, where I'm at right now or kind of at that point where, you know, I used to really be really good with the weekends and, you know, Friday afternoon I was done, Friday evening I was done and movie night and everything like that and Saturdays was just, you know, working in the yard or you know, basically Saturday, Sunday doing weekend stuff and now it's, I'm, and maybe it's because I'm doing more and more illustration stuff, which is the stuff that I really love to do. So it's easier to, or it's harder, I guess, to say no to, to work on it because I enjoy it so much. But I've done a couple of weekends recently because I had extracurricular stuff to do. Right. Like, for example, you know, writing content for... Uh, a couple of talks or updating my workshop that I've got to do next week. So I've actually worked a couple of weekends because of, you know, having that extra stuff to do, which kind of did actually, for, you know, it kind of irked me that I was having to sit there yeah. working on stuff. Whereas actually what, you know, what I'd have liked to have done, you know, go and take a walk, try and shift some of this weight that I put on when I was in America. <laughs> no, that's Southern American food. Eating a lot of fried stuff. I'd say, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let me, um, let me just do another sponsor. Our second sponsor this week is Logical Elements, and they provide training for web designers and developers across a whole range of different technologies. Actually, they've been writing and delivering training courses since before the web, 25 years, in fact. They've developed courses for the BBC, European Patent Office, Rank Xerox, Motorola, and Virgin Media. Now, I know there's plenty of choice in training providers, but Logical not only have enthusiasm, but they've got lots of working knowledge too because they've been developing with web technologies themselves, technologies like PHP, MySQL, and other server-side technologies for their clients for about 15 years. So today they want me to talk about their live online training course, which is PHP for Designers. PHP for web designers, in fact. And on this course, you'll learn how PHP works and how to incorporate it into web pages. Useful PHP functions, simple content and market management with PHP, working with CSV and JSON data, PHP in CMS applications, along with tips, tricks, and gotchas. And this course is really going to benefit web designers, especially those of us who work with PHP CMS-based systems like Perch. You'll come away from the course with as much greater understanding of PHP and you'll also get access to a base camp that contains documentation, examples and even screencasts. Plus, there's also post-course follow-up if you need that. PHP for Web Designers is happening online over two, two and a half hour sessions on April 7th and 8th and it costs just £225. But listeners to the show... You can get 50% off, wow. 50% when you use the offer code unfinished when you book your place. And you'll get 25% off all their other courses if you book before the end of April. And there's information about that on their website. So go to unfinished.bz slash logical 
to find out more and to book your place on PHP for web designers. Cool, that fifty percent. Wow, wow, that is a good deal. Now we've been doing well with the uh, with the sponsor offers recently. They're really kind of getting behind things. Yeah, that's pretty nice. PHP. That's one thing I haven't gotten into. Me neither. Maybe but, I should do the course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of fake it, you know, sometimes I'll just copy and paste PHP stuff, but I don't know what it's doing. So, yeah, so I put on weight. Yeah. I'd say probably about, I don't know, six to eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and just coming here to America? Yeah, in two weeks. Wow. Everything's fried in the South. Yeah. Everything's fried. I say no, and then you come home and you're just like, oh, I just need fried food. Have you ever had a chicken fried steak? Uh, I think so. I've I've had um, waffles with chicken, with fried chicken. Have you ever had that? No. No, <laughs> I've never had that. It was quite funny, actually, because we went to, uh, we went down th- uh, past Atlanta. We we stopped off at the zoo for a day and then drove down to Macon, Georgia. Uh-huh. Lovely little place. And, oh, dear, we pulled in. We stayed the first night. We we got off to an inauspicious start. Uh, we stayed at a day's in. <laughs> it was easy and it was near the road, right? So anyway, it's it's like a ghost town. This place. There's we, there's not another car park. We pulled up outside the day's in. We're the only car. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Anyway, so we go in, get the keys to the room. Say to the lady behind the counter, "Is there somewhere for us to maybe get some dinner that's not too far?" And she points us to this. Fish, fried fish and chicken place across the way. And we look at it and we go, oh, my God, it's like a heart sing moment. So, anyway, we go up, we check into our room, which is on the first floor. We come out looking over this this chicken shack. <laughs> and I, I, I kid you not, to the back of the chicken shack is a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the customers of the chicken place. Yeah. It cannot be good. Not the chicken, but the customer. Exactly. So the, the <laughs> so anyway, so we go back in, and the, the lady in the days in says, "No, it's really good. You know, we've never had any complaints." We thought, "Okay, by this point, I just want to eat something and go to bed. You know, I've been, I'm tired." So we go in there, and it turns out to be the most amazing fried chicken that I've ever had. The place looked like a dump yeah. from the outside, and there's this wonderful wonderful southern lady there who um had never met an englishman before so she was like coming <laughs> over like, sitting down just i can hear you speak all day <laughs> oh you're uh, doing pretty good pretty well yeah <laughs> yeah i'll have a blessed day now and <laughs> it was really really fun so yeah so we had the amazing fried chicken and then it didn't stop there they fry everything everything yes things that you didn't know could be fried I mean, we joke. Ashley lives in, uh, she lives in Glasgow in Scotland, which is known for its deep fried Mars bars. <laughs> yeah. Ever had one of those? Not sure if I, <laughs> sure if I want. Actually, they're del- they are, they are, they're delicious. I bet they are. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where I just, I don't even want to go there because I don't need it. Have you been to the South? Yeah. I spent, well, I don't know if this qualifies as the South, but I spent a couple summers in southern Texas selling books door to door when I was in the college. <laughs> and then, I mean, just recently, I was in North Carolina. I don't know if that's the South either. I guess it is. It's not deep South, not like Georgia, but then I've been to Florida. Does Georgia qualify as a deep South? I don't know. I mean, I know that Louisiana or. Uh, Mississippi, that would definitely be deep south. Yeah, I've been to Louisiana. But it was funny. We we decided that we were going to use the opportunity because I wanted to go to Australia. That's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to go off to Australia in January and probably spend three months out there. That was the original plan. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it didn't kind of work out that way. So the Atlanta gig came up. We thought it would be a nice idea just to do a little bit of a mini road trip. We'll take two weeks off. And it was really, really nice. I came away from the conference and we drove down the following day to the zoo to see gorillas and you know we <laughs> just you know walking around the zoo and all of a sudden it felt like being on vacation it felt like being on holiday I think it's only been in the last couple of years where i've actually been able to go and enjoy something like that without constantly be thinking about work yeah that's good 
And although I kept up with email and, you know, I knew that there wasn't any work being done while we were away, really, that needed my attention. I mean, Sue was still working on some things, but, um, you know, nothing that I needed to kind of contribute to. Well, not much. I could, although I was keeping on top of things, there wasn't anything really to do. So, you know, you might spend half an hour every day just, you know, checking up on email. But apart from that, it was holiday time. I loved it. That's really nice. Well, yeah, one one of the tricks I've learned to kind of adopt in my mind is the realization that I'm not a heart surgeon. It kind of puts everything in perspective. What in the fact that not what you what you do is not going to make or break or lives. It's like if I don't answer <laughs> that email or page or whatever you want to call it, you know, someone's life isn't on the line. Not an ER surgeon or whatever. So. Yeah, that can wait. You know, that, that that print stuff can wait, you know, a day or so. I think the thing is, is that we should be able to work when we want to work or we, you know, where it's best to do it. Right. The big thing for me has always been knowing that I could let it go. And I think it's only been fairly recently, you know, within the last few years, I suppose, where I've not been constantly hungry when it comes to work. You know, even though things would things were always, you know, doing well, I would always just imagine the next kind of impending disaster. Right. You know, I think, oh, man, man, I need to keep doing all this stuff because, you know, next month there might be nothing. That kind of hungry freelancer syndrome. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, And I don't have that. I don't have that anymore. You know, I'm just kind of, I have faith that, you know, something's going to turn up. (laughs) We went through the calendar today, and I, apart from a couple of weeks that we've built in, which are basically contingency weeks, you know, we don't have any, we don't have a free day until the end of June, which is good. You know, that's cool. And I think, and I think, with that being able to relax and think, well, hang on a minute, I don't need to work all weekend cramming in another job, because you know we've got a schedule and we've got work that's contracted and everything else. That's going to give me more faith that I can you know just go off and have a have a weekend or, you know, take a day here and there. Because, you know, the world's not going to fall apart. Yeah, I can see that. I think that's it, isn't it? I think it's knowing or having confidence that you just don't need to do everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, I I, I kind of like that how, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I see that where you just feel like, well, if I say no to this project or if I don't get this done right away, then all my clients are going to go away. They're all going to be angry and I'm going to have no work. I'm going to lose my house. And yeah, it's not going to happen. We used to take on jobs. I mean, they were never big jobs, but we used to take jobs on. And it was the the thing that I know a lot of people still do where, you know, you'll quote for a, a project. It'll be a fixed project fee, but there's not a specific timetable necessarily. It's when you finished. So, you know, people, you might have set up stage payments, you know, you might get a deposit at the beginning and then maybe something along the line, but the bulk of what you're going to get paid is going to get paid when you finished. Right. You know, when the, when the site's live or the job's done, right? Which is, I think, what made me work all the weekends that I worked and all the night shifts that I worked because I was basically thinking, God, you know, we need to pay the mortgage at the end of the month or, you know, we need to pay for, you know, gas so you know the quicker i finish it the quicker we can get paid and that's what we used to do a hell of a lot of i'm sure that's what motivated me to to do all of those hours i could see that i find though that i've I've had a few of those projects and i find the opposite that those are the ones that end up dragging out because the projects that have tight deadlines are the ones that take precedence not a big fan of those projects without a deadline well, see, we don't do them anymore because because we've done this kind of workly, well, workly, weekly. <laughs> what am I talking about? I tell you what, the voice has held up, the brain has gone. That's what happened. That's what happens when you suck too many strepsils. Some kind of hallucinogenic <laughs> component to them. Oh man, I wish. Imagine if imagine if throat sweets were hallucinogenic. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing. Why don't they make those? <laughs> Maybe they could just make them where you're hallucinating a voice. Maybe you could have throat sweets that also contain helium. Oh, yeah. I heard there's helium shortages. Really? 
I don't know where I heard that. I, I might have been making it up, but or dreamt it. But I think there might be helium shortages. No, oh, I don't know. What am I? What do I know? I'm not a scientist. No, either. I just don't think I've heard that before. No, see, now you now you've sown a seed. <laughs> no. I need to actually Google. Yeah. Here we go. Do you, here we go. Uh, helium. Helium shortage is the third thing down in my Google oh, no. results. Helium shortage. Is it right to waste helium on party balloons? Asks Tim Bowler on the BBC. Tim Bowler, man. Imagine if he was called Tom. Can you imagine Tom balloons Bowler. not floating anymore? That would be very sad, wouldn't it? Helium is unique. When it's gone, it is lost to us forever. So there's only a finite amount of helium on the planet. What else do we use helium for besides balloons? I don't know. It's probably not telling me here. Hmm. They used them in those big, rigid airships. They were helium. Um, things like the Hindenburg. <laughs> Do they use helium anymore for those? No, because they don't have big airships Well, anymore, I mean, they have lamps. They, they all blew up. <laughs> yeah, but... it's yeah, Here we go. It's, it's used for cooling semiconducting magnets in MRI scanners making computer chips and in deep sea diving because they use it when you know, they when people breathe gas instead of pure air when they go down uh-huh. deep 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 <coughs> so that's what the, <coughs> so oh, oh no. jesus <coughs> oh no we're failing now <laughs> crashing and burning oh, where's, where's the strepsils i need to hallucinate yeah. <laughs> oh dear yeah so, no i didn't know about i didn't know about the uh, the helium shortage you get, you're going to look at balloons differently now appreciate them a little more yeah, when it's my birthday, I'm not going to want to have 35 helium-filled balloons. Like just two balloons, and you're just going to really appreciate those balloons. Because someday, we won't have floating balloons anymore. That will be a very sad day. It will be. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> they, could do, they, could do, they could put jokes in, in cough sweets. Yeah, those kind of like candy jokes, those... Yeah, well, they could put you could put like something really bitter right in the middle, couldn't you? <laughs> or some food dye to make your your tongue go purple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they already do comedy medicine. That's what we could do. Um, we should wrap it up, really. Uh, we've managed to eke this out for <laughs> almost an hour. I've managed to I've managed to keep my voice going. Awesome. I'll speak to you in a, in a few weeks. I think people can follow you, Josh, on Twitter. Your Josh Cleland, mm-hmm. or me, at Malarkey. Uh, to ask questions or suggest topics, you can message the show on Twitter, at UnfinishedBZ, or you can email me, he has at unfinished.bz. Thanks again to our sponsors this week. They were Shopify and Logical Elements. You can support our show by supporting them. Cheers, mate.